Welcome to the Car Time Stories podcast, your best resource for drive time entertainment. On today's episode, we have three Halloween stories for you. The first of which is called The Witch Flying School, where in a realm of magic and wonder, young Agatha resists her destiny at the prestigious Witch Flying School. But when she eventually embarks on her thrilling journey, she conquers challenges, forms friendships, and ultimately realizes her potential by embracing her magical legacy with newfound gratitude and courage. The Witch Flying School by Dave Fox Once upon a time, in a quaint village nestled amidst the misty veil of enchantment, a young witch named Agatha stood on the cusp of her first day at the esteemed Witch Flying School, her heart was pounding with a mixture of excitement and trepidation. Her slender frame was draped in a flowing black cloak, and her raven hair cascaded down her shoulders in loose waves. Her piercing emerald eyes sparkled with intelligence and curiosity, but a hint of uncertainty lingered in their depths. On the eve of her departure, Agatha's mother, Morgana, a seasoned witch with a twinkle in her eye, stood by her side, her heart brimming with motherly pride and excitement. You're going to the witch-flying school, my dear, Morgana announced, her voice imbued with a blend of hope and nostalgia. Why, mother, can't you teach me how to fly? Agatha protested, reluctant to part from her familiar tutelage. Morgana leaned down, brushing a wisp of her silver-streaked hair behind her ear, and imparted some sage wisdom. Ah, my sweet child, this school is more than a place to learn flying. It's a haven to meet other young witches, to forge friendships, and perhaps even a few frenemies. It's a crucial part of your journey. Just then, a colossal witch broomstick, resembling a school bus but towering like a small tree, pulled up beside them. A jovial broom driver witch greeted them with a hearty laugh. Well, 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 look what we have here, she exclaimed. A fresh-faced young witch ready to start her journey at the witch-flying school. I'm Broomstick Brenda, and I'll be your driver for the evening. Hop on board and let's get you to your seat. Agatha's eyes glistened with pleading, her voice trembling slightly as she asked, "'Can't I stay?' Morgana and Broomstick Brenda exchanged a knowing smile, their eyes twinkling in the twilight air. "'You're going to have fun!' they chimed in unison, their assurances echoing in the twilight air. Agatha hesitantly accepted her fate and found her seat on the broomstick. The other young witches greeted her warmly, inviting her into their circle. With a flutter of excitement, the broomstick soared into the night sky, leaving behind the cosy embrace of her home. The witch flying school was a magnificent sight, perched atop a misty hill overlooking the village. Its soaring spires and turrets resembled a castle from a fairy tale, and its walls were adorned with intricate carvings of witches, broomsticks and magical creatures. Throughout her journey at the witch flying school, Agatha faced numerous physical and mental obstacles, the strong gusts of wind threatened to knock her off her broomstick, and the thunderous winds made it difficult to hear her instructor's instructions. Even a mischievous flock of winged creatures tried to sabotage her progress, swooping down and knocking her broomstick askew. But Agatha refused to give up. With each challenge she faced, her resolve burned brighter. She learned to trust her instincts, and when in doubt, rely on her friends and teachers for support. One day... During a particularly challenging flight lesson, Agatha struggled to control her broomstick. The wind was whipping at her hair and face, and she was losing her balance. Just as she thought she was about to fall, she heard a voice in her ear. Don't give up, Agatha, her instructor, 
a wise old witch named Willow called out. You're stronger than you think you are. Agatha took a deep breath and focused on her breathing. She imagined herself soaring through the air like an eagle. With renewed confidence, she gripped her broomstick tightly and leaned into the wind. To her amazement, Agatha felt her broomstick respond to her commands. She soared higher and higher, the wind beneath her wings propelling her forward. She felt like she could fly forever. When Agatha landed safely back on the ground, Willow greeted her warmly. I'm so proud of you, Willow said. You never gave up, even when things were tough. You're a natural witch, Agatha. Agatha beamed with pride. She had overcome a significant obstacle and knew she could accomplish anything she set her mind to. When the day came to return home, Agatha was a changed witch. She hugged her mother, tears of gratitude and happiness glistening in her eyes. Thank you, mother, for making me go. I've learned so much and made wonderful friends. I couldn't have done it without your guidance and support. Morgana hugged her back, her heart swelling with pride. You were always capable, my dear. Sometimes we need a little nudge to realise our potential. I'm immensely proud of you. And so, on that fateful Friday the 13th, Agatha's journey at the Witch Flying School marked the beginning of a remarkable adventure, filled with magic, camaraderie, and the boundless possibilities that awaited a young witch discovering her wings. Our second story is called The Price of Immortality, where a wealthy entrepreneur and tech visionary confronts his own mortality. On his deathbed, he signs a contract with Chrono Revive, a company promising to bring him back to life when the technology catches up with nature's course. The Price of Immortality by Dave Fox Alexander Grayson was a visionary entrepreneur, always at the forefront of the next great technological leap. Over the years he had amassed immense wealth through shrewd investments in futuristic technologies and cutting-edge medical breakthroughs. As time pressed on and age caught up with him, his mortality loomed large, prompting him to consider a gamble greater than any he had made before. Within the opulent halls of his expansive estate in the heart of London, he penned a life-altering contract with Chrono Revive, a company that held the tantalizing promise of a renewed existence in a far-flung future achieved through brain preservation and eventual revival. Years passed, and on a fateful day in the distant future, the promise was realized. Alexander stirred, his consciousness slowly awakening, a figure in white approached, reassuring him that the long-awaited moment had arrived. Welcome to the year 2650, the doctor greeted, his voice tinged with optimism. Initially startled, Alexander allowed a glimmer of hope to light his eyes. He had envisioned a rejuvenated body, ready to embrace life anew. But as the doctor began to explain, the reality was far from what he had imagined. We have brought you back, the doctor said, his words carrying a heavy truth. But your body has undergone significant changes. We had to resuscitate your organs and, where necessary, transplant others to ensure your survival. Confusion and concern gnawed at Alexander. He demanded to see his body, but the doctor urged him to remain calm, promising ongoing improvements. His hopes for a youthful physique were met with a disconcerting revelation. Why can't I see the rest of my body? Alexander inquired, a sense of dread creeping into his voice. The doctor hesitated, choosing his words carefully. Perhaps it would be better for you to speak with another reviver, as we like to call you. 
With a deft motion, the doctor spun Alexander to reveal a glass container filled with bubbling water. Floating within it were two eyes connected to a brain, wires extending from it to a speaker. The eyes gazed at Alexander, and a mechanical voice emitted from the speaker, translating the thoughts of the brain into words. Horror enveloped Alexander as he comprehended the cruel twist of fate that awaited him, realizing he was now tethered to a machine, a mere semblance of the man he once was. Look, this is just the beginning. You're alive. You're back. The eyes and brain of the other reviver implored, trying to soothe Alexander's terror. But Alexander's screams of anguish reverberated through the sterile room. Not like this. Not like this, he cried trapped in a reality he had never anticipated, a hollow existence devoid of the essence of humanity he had once cherished. In the depths of his despair, Alexander grappled with the cruel truth that life had offered him, a future but at an unthinkable cost. The promise of the future had turned into a waking nightmare, leaving him to contemplate the true price of his yearning for immortality. Our third and final story today is called Lancaster Merrin, where a young boy grapples with fear and fascination as his grandmother recounts a harrowing tale of a malevolent entity that once terrorised their village in Ireland. The past and present intertwine, plunging Lancaster into a dark world of demonic possession, igniting his destiny to confront evil as Father Merrin, the renowned exorcist. Lancaster Merrin by Dave Fox in the quaint village of Dungorth, nestled within the Emerald Hills of Ireland, young Lancaster Merrin embarked upon a life-altering encounter that would shape his destiny. The year was 1913, a time of whispered tales and ancient superstitions that held sway over the isolated hamlet. On a moonlit night beneath the comforting glow of the hearth, young Lancaster sat huddled close to his grandmother, Caitlin Merrin. She was a woman of wisdom and mystery, a beacon of strength in the midst of the shadows that lurked beyond the safety of their humble abode. Come, lad, sit close, Caitlin beckoned, her eyes fixed on the flickering hearth. Let me tell you a tale that's been passed down through our blood for generations. Tis the story of the old chapel atop the hill, a relic from a time long past. Whispers speak of a presence within, a malevolent entity that claws at the fringes of the spiritual realm. As the story unfolded, a bone-chilling gust swept through the cracks in the walls, causing the candles to flicker and dance. The flames seemed to mimic the spectral flickering of the tale being spun. Once upon a time our village was ensnared by a dark force, Caitlin continued, her voice tinged with sombre recollection. A demon sought to sow chaos and despair, its malevolence manifesting through the possession of our dear local blacksmith, a once kind-hearted man who had tragically succumbed to the darkness within. Terrified, Lancaster sat perfectly still, his youthful features etched with a blend of fear and fascination. He listened intently, allowing the words of his grandmother to carve images into his imagination, the room seemed to morph around him, shadows dancing, the flickering hearth casting grotesque shapes that clawed at the walls. Echoes of the malevolent presence Caitlin described. It was as though the very air had thickened with a palpable tension, transporting him to the bygone days of her chilling tale. The ambience grew darker, a veil of dread draping itself over the present, binding it to the sinister narrative of the past. 
The night was alive with anguish and terror, Caitlin recounted, her voice etched with the weight of memory as the villagers implored the church for aid, rallying in their desperation. It was then, she continued, her eyes distant as she conjured the past, that an elderly priest, Father O'Malley, arrived to confront the malevolent entity. His faith, Lancaster, was unyielding, his resolve steadfast. The air echoed with unearthly shrieks, Caitlin described, her words painting a vivid canvas of horror, mingling with the desperate prayers of the villagers who bore witness to the climactic struggle between the priest and the demon. Father O'Malley stood resolute, Caitlin continued, her voice unwavering, holding a crucifix aloft, its sacred form a symbol of hope and defiance against the forces of darkness. With an incantation of ancient words, he cast the demon out, liberating the blacksmith from its vile grip. My God, mumbled Lancaster in awe, still attempting to process the tale. Exactly, my dear boy, exactly, stated Caitlin, nodding. Through Father O'Malley, God spoke. This tale of courage and faith imprinted itself deep within young Lancaster's heart, igniting a fervent determination to combat evil. In that moment, as the flickering candlelight cast eerie shadows upon the walls, Lancaster pledged to dedicate his life to the church. Years later, Lancaster Merrin would enter the seminary, embracing the path of priesthood. He would walk a road fraught with trials and tribulations, culminating in his fateful encounter with a demonic presence in Georgetown, a charming enclave in Washington, D.C., half a world away. A spiritual clash that would echo the legacy of Father O'Malley and solidify Merrin's place in the annals of biblical battles and his ultimate entrance to heaven itself. The embers of his destiny had been stoked that fateful night, fueled by the flickering flames and ancient tales of good versus evil. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Car Time Stories podcast. Before I let you go, I would like to implore you to rate our podcast and write a brief review. Your help would be greatly appreciated. And finally, please visit cartimestories.com to purchase our premium video content. Until next time, we thank you and hope that you tell your friends about the Car Time Stories podcast, where we strive to fuel young minds one story at a time.